Hello, Al here. Just a quick note before the episode starts. We had some issues when recording this. John was not home, so there were some problems with the quality, but for the most part, it's okay. Also, we will be talking about the Spider-Man No Way Home movie and the Disney Plus series Hawkeye and Moon Knight. So if you haven't seen any of them, beware of spoilers. Also, fair warning, it's been a while since I've watched the things that we're going to be talking about. That's fine. We're just doing memories and impressions and stuff. Okay. You know, it's not, we're not doing a detailed scene-by-scene scene analysis. This is just like 10, 10 to 15 minutes on each, each one of the three, just going, oh, yeah, this and that, and, you know, general thoughts. You know, did you like okay. it? Did you not like it? Blah, blah, blah. And what's the list again? Spider-Man, Black Widow, Eternals? Nope. Hawkeye, Spider-Man, and, Black, and Moon Knight. Oh, Hawkeye, Spider-Man, and Moon Knight. Okay. Because when we did the last time, we didn't finish 21. So we're finishing up 21 and then getting into 22. Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. It's the end of the year, which means John and I are going to be doing a couple episodes talking about the MCU, which means John has to be back for that, because otherwise I'm just talking to myself. Hey, John. Did you get him on? Is he here? No, no, not yet. i got to keep waiting. Okay, okay. Um, well, until John gets here, uh, this is John Wilson. Hi, how's it going? Hey, okay, we'll settle for you. All right, I appreciate it. I often have to substitute for myself because I'm not very reliable. That's what I hear about you. <laughs> How's it going? I'm good, I'm good. End of the year, time to start talking some MCU again. All right. It's the uh, um, the, the Christmas specials, the holiday yeah. specials of MCU Madness. Yes, yes, it is. Plus, it's nice filler episodes. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> it makes it easy to plan. I'm like, okay, I'll do this now. Perfect. Yes. So last time we did this, we ended off with, shoot, what came up before Hawkeye? I didn't think about that part. Oh, wait, I have a list right here. That's Question? Part. Yes? Oh. Sorry, it went out for a minute. I couldn't hear anything. I thought I was going to die. But now oh, I have no. three bars again, so we're okay. Woo-hoo. Okay, no, so last time we ended up with uh, Eternals. Eternals, yes. Um, the fantasy epic that was not, that was kind of mixed received, but I really enjoyed it. Yes. Yes. I think we talked, we said that last time. Yeah, we both did like it. So that's where we left off. So now we come up, the next thing that came out was the Hawkeye miniseries. So we, we are right at a year ago because this led into Christmas last year. And uh, that's where we are recording again now. Um, yeah, it started I November 24th. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it started, it was six episodes starting November 24th, 2021. 
And let's see. Okay, starring, that's right. I think the last episode was Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or something. Yeah, right on time. Starring Jeremy Renner, Haley Seinfeld, Florence Pugh, Vera Farmiga, and Tony Dalton, among others. Right. With uh, Vincent D'Onofrio making a surprise appearance toward the end. Yeah. Or if you want to think of it this way, it starred Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Swordsman, Kingpin, Echo, and Mockingbird. Yes. Yes, it did. Wait, Mockingbird? Who yeah. Mockingbird? Laura Barton. Is she a well, Mockingbird? She, well, she didn't really star in it, but the way they did the end, remember the whole thing that he was trying to steal, that Echo had, that he was trying to steal from her, that he said could endanger an agent? Um, I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head what it was, but basically it was good. It was he. It was hers, and it said she was agent whatever number that was, which was what Mockingbird's number was, not Agent Thirteen. That's Sarah. Car- that's uh, Sharon Carter, but whatever Mockingbird's number was. Right. So kind of implying okay. in CMCU that was her beforehand. Having you know, what- been Mockingbird whenever she was younger, whatever. Yeah, whether she was Mockingbird or her name was changed because it looked sound like she was an undercover thing. So, but she was, you know, she was Bobby Moore, the Bobby Morse character, more or less. Yeah, because for those who don't know, because I didn't know, um, when Mockingbird started out, she was a Shield agent, and she actually had a couple different books that she was involved in pretty regularly before she ever went over to the Avengers as Mockingbird. Um, so, having her being. Uh, X shield connected and having an agent number and everything else like that would make sense. I was only surprised because they've done Bobby. Now I realize that the connection between agents of shield and the MCU is tenuous and people don't like to acknowledge it. To yeah. my mind, everything is canon until they specifically say that it's not. <laughs> and yes. even then I'll try to justify it somehow. <laughs> or she could, it could have been like title, like a uh, black widow. You know, she could have been a mockingbird. Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah, sure. Why not? Legacy characters. But at least it fits it. But at least it does kind of make it fit more with him, mar- you know, them getting married than just, reg- you know, random character that was just made up for it. It at least ties her in to the history. And it does give Hawkeye a tie to Mockingbird because Mockingbird on the TV show was tied to an agent of, oh, the British version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Strike. Um, Strike. An agent of Strike. Well, he wasn't an agent of strike in the show, but the character in the show in the comics was an agent of strike. He was in the Cap- Captain Britain, the weekly comic in the, over in the Marvel UK. Oh, okay. Anyways, all of that's a tangent. Yes, but so I really enjoyed Hawkeye. I Hawkeye really loved it. Delightful. Yes. It was fun. It was like a holiday thing. I loved the two of them together. I loved how much she, you know, how good she was and yet how much she, you know, and yet also her fan reaction, like the whole scene of her with the trick arrows. Yeah. Wanting to make trick arrows and like him not wanting to admit that he had trick arrows and then finally admitting he had trick arrows and she started like firing them off during the car chase. That car chase was memorable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and her using the trick arrows in the fight in the last episode with the kingpin. Yes. Yeah, it's like, I remember some people complaining, like, oh, she just beat him so easily. Like, are you kidding? She used every arrow and everything she had and basically almost didn't, you know, almost died. Right. I mean, this was like almost the equivalent of like the Rocky Rocky winning in Rocky 2. It's like he only was, it's only because Apollo couldn't get up anymore that he, you know, that he barely crawled up. 
Right. It's like by, there was no by, beating the crap out of. It's, this was not a massacre. <laughs> finally getting in the last blow because your opponent just can't anymore is not the same as winning easily because like you you fought your way to that point. Yeah. But yeah, no, I loved it. I love the fact that they actually brought the swordsman in. Yes. And like I loved how they teased and played with who the actual antagonist was in this. Because she thinks it's the swordsman. So we think it's the swordsman. And comic fans know the swordsman started out as a villain. But to find out at the end that he's just a himbo along for the ride the entire time was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He no, just it, likes swords, y'all. He just yeah, likes but, swords. But he still was useful with it. You know, he did some stuff at the end. So Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. So I mean good for him. At least he, you know, he did something. I mean, did he was he responsible for you know them succeeding? No, but he helped. Now he just needs to go off and be celestially married to the Madonna, uh, to the Mantis. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, and I would hope if they do another series or something else, I hope he shows up again because he was fun. He was very fun, and the reveal that her mom was actually the problem behind everything was a big, like, oh my gosh, kind of moment. I think by the time the reveal actually happened, I was kind of thinking that was the per- case. Um, I'm not the biggest expert on her in the comics, but I'm pretty sure it was something similar like that had happened. Okay, her only series that I've read is that original Fraction Aha Hawkeye run where she's introduced. Not introduced, because she'd been around before. But, like, I feel like that's the first series that really spotlit her in a way that she hadn't been outside of a team before. Yeah, yeah, like that one and, like, and the original Young Avengers is what I really can remember. Yeah. I, I think I might read some others, but I don't remember them very well. And there's Young Avengers was really, really hella fun. Um, oh, yeah. Lots of good characters came out of that. Yeah, including ones that showed up this year, like her and, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, Patriot. Isaiah, uh, was it Isaiah's really? grandson from Falcon and Winter Isaiah Soldier? Bradley. Right? Yes, Bradley. That's the last name. Thank you. And yeah. uh, hints of Wiccan and, um, what's his brother's name? Speed. Speed, yeah, hints of them over at uh, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet yeah, Witch. so, yeah, th- this was definitely a year for at least teasing Young Avengers. Yes. Which is funny. Which is good because, I mean, Marvel has a finite stable of characters, and they did bring out their biggest guns for the first, you know, decade of films. So, when they're mining the, you know, I say finite, it's very extensive. <laughs> Yes, uh, but but still, ultimately, they're going to run out of really developed characters. But you do still want to have a variety, and so using Young Avengers characters is is a great way to feed into that variety. No, I agree, and I agree. I mean, there are some school different schools of thought on this. I mean, some people think that they should, you know, they'll be doing a reboot soon or bringing characters back with new actors. I I like the way they've been going with it, where they're kind of since it's an alternate universe anyway. You know, where they're kind of like playing it in real time. So, yeah, if they're, you know, some of them are going to die and some of them are going to age out of doing this. I also am a big fan of the real time aspect. I feel like that's one of the elements of storytelling that comics has never been able to take advantage of with any length of time. Except for extremely isolated specific cases. Like there was that Punisher Max series, I think, acted in real time. And the Savage Dragon operates in real time. But... For the most part, comics are stuck 
in Act Two. Yeah, because years go by, but the characters don't age. Yeah, cause, well, because it's too easy. Because it's you know, well, I just start drawing them again, and now they're back. Right. Yeah, but they were atomized. They, they were there at the post thing of an atomic bomb going off. Yeah, but I drew them again. Oh, I can't argue that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're okay now, because you drew them right there. Okay. It is the problem with commercial art, which is definitely like ultimately comics at their foundation are com- commercial art. They are money-making pictures. And you've got to have your brands and your characters and your images that are going to make money. Yeah, they got ups. That's okay. But yeah, no, that's true. And hey, I, I'm not saying they should change the Marvel Universe to do it that way, but I like this, you know, different take. Yes, I do too. I do too. You know, it's a fun way to look at it. It's a fun way to do it. So I'm fine with them introducing these new ones, and maybe eventually they'll get their own series or movies or whatever, because they'll be the main ones. I'm very much in favor in having as many cakes as possible while also eating all of them. So yeah. I like different takes on stuff. I like different approaches to things. And I like seeing stuff from different perspectives without one being more or less valid than the other. You've got your quote unquote main one, but that doesn't have to be the only valid one or the only one that gets any real attention. No, I mean, and they don't do that in comics anyway. I mean, how many alternate universe series do we have? Right. You know, how many what ifs and Elseworlds and, you know, exile stories and DC versus vampires and injustice and things like that that they have going on. It's not like it's new. The Hawkeye series sort of had a planes, trains and automobiles theme with Jeremy Renner playing Steve Martin trying to get home. Mm, Haley, yes. Haley, what's her last names? Uh, Steinfeld, I think it is. Okay. With her being John Candy's somewhat obnoxious, you know, tag along the whole time that keeps on, you know, causing shenanigans, but yes. meeting very well the entire time. I kind of felt like that through the course of the series. And that's a fantastic classic comedy. Yeah, I didn't think about and that, but you're right. This ends on a similar level of heart where Hawkeye or Hawkeye ultimately accepts Hawkeye and they go spend uh, the holidays with his family. Because she now has nobody. Oh yeah, they basically adopt her. Yeah, yeah. So basically, there's another, there's another kid. Except this one, he's probably after you know, she's gonna be running around the world, right. probably with Yelena. And their chemistry was amazing, by the way. I thought it was her, really her good. and Yelena. They were really good. Yeah. I would not mind a Black Widow Hawkeye miniseries with the two of them. I hope that Hawkeye gets a cameo in the Thunderbolts, since that's going to spotlight the new Black Widow. I wouldn't mind seeing her butting around with um, Kate at the beginning of her part of the story before going off to do whatever her plot is. Or at the end. Or at the end, going home to Kate, yeah. Yeah, no, I would love to see, like, a mini, like, I know, of course, these are all wishes, like, who knows what they're actually going to do, but I would love to see, like, a miniseries where she, she takes her along and she gets, you know, Yelena gets her in trouble and it's basically, like, Calling up Clinton, he's like, "So what's going on?" She's like, "Oh no, everything's fine. We're good." No, she, "Oh yeah, it's a safe. I had to do supple safe things. Nothing, nothing to worry about." Meanwhile, they're like fighting Baron Zemo or something. I don't know. Lying to dad, basically lying to her dead friend's dad. Yeah, yeah. Because that could be quite amusing. Because I know he's not going to be doing much more of this stuff, so at least it would have a way to kind of still have him in there, but he doesn't actually have to run around and hurt himself. <laughs> right. But yeah, this is a great setup for a character. Um, we had had 
Scarlet, uh, yeah, Scarlet Vision. No, WandaVision. Sorry, I know Scarlet Vision sounded wrong. We had WandaVision and Loki before this, and those were series about established characters. And this was both a series about an established character and the introduction of a new. So I kind of feel like it sets the stage for the future TV projects. Well, it establishes two new characters because remember, Echo. Yes. I mean, yeah, it, it brings an echo and uses uh, Black Widow more. Um, but like the feature, the title is Hawkeye. And I do wonder when stuff like this happens, are they planning the Echo series just because she was received so well in this? Or were they planning an Echo series already? Because Echo, unless there's a, little, a lot of comic stuff I haven't read i don't know that she has a lot of development in the comics it's like like stories i mean she has some but not extensively so yeah her i could go either way on unless someone tells us directly because that could go either way because yeah she's not that big a character so they might not have thought to do it until she was you know they saw how received she was i mean agatha obviously was you know we they said it anyway but i mean you can it's obvious agatha was only made given a show because she was so well received but she's even more minor than echo much, but. much more, yeah. And finding an actual narrative to spotlight her, that's going to be an interesting task. I do not envy those scriptwriters. No. But on the other hand, since she's so minor and niche, it might give them more of a chance, options. Because yeah. there's more you can uh, do with that. There's more options to do with them than with some other characters who are more prominent. And yeah, tying her more. into uh, Scarlet Witch stuff and Darkhold stuff and the magical side of the MCU... There's a lot of opportunities to bring in characters from that part of the universe while telling the Agatha story. Exactly. Like it can be the Agatha Harkness series, but also, hey, guess what? We have other people that are cool. Yeah. No, definitely. But anyway, so anything else you want to say about Hawkeye? Just that it was perfectly charming um, for the holidays when it came out. And it was probably the first Marvel series that I did not watch every episode as soon as they happened, which has become an increasing problem for me. Um, I still have not finished She-Hulk as we're recording this because, I don't know. But this is probably the first series where that started to happen. Ah, See, some of them I was able to, some I wasn't, but Hawkeye, I tried to make sure I watched each one. I did like that one enough that I made sure I watched each one as soon as I could. I was only ever a couple of weeks behind on them, but I did get I did get behind. All right. Well, that's Hawkeye. So give us a second. I'm probably going to throw a promo in here, and then we're going to cut to the next one, which is a movie. Ooh. Ooh. In all his decades of publishing history, one event has affected Superman more than any other. Worlds lived, worlds died, and that was only the beginning. Superman was never the same. Presenting Superman in Crisis. Available weekly from January 3rd, 2022 at com. And we're back. And now we are going to talk about the final MCU uh, release of 2021. Spider-Man No Way Home, released on December 17th. Is No Way Home the title? 
Yes. I know that they went through a lot of them because it was like, you know, like uh, going home and home run and home school and yeah. Home alone. Yeah, I, I, I remember the uh, the excitement when they finally revealed the title, No Way Home. I think those. I think Home Alone. I think there was Spider-Man Home Alone. Spider- <laughs> Macaulay Culkin played the young Peter Parker, right? That's a prequel. I would. Um, no. <laughs> I like Macaulay Culkin, but I did not see him as Peter Parker. Well, maybe eight-year-old. Yeah. I, not that I would not watch it, but it would not be a cast that made me go, "Huh, I like that." It would make me go, "Really? Okay." I guess we'll see what they do. (laughs) We got No Way Home, the most hyped and most lied about (laughs) Spider-Man film, and probably MCU film ever. Yeah, I can agree with that. Oh my God, the insanity about that movie was hilarious. Yes. I don't know how much of the, the Spider-Man corners and web fandom you, you frequent, but there were tribal wars over whether or not the other Spider-Man actors were going to be in this film. I, I remember because, hearing that, yeah. Yeah, they were denying it up, left, down, right, and center. But um, yeah, got to have some surprises. Rumors about them being filmed. Yeah, no, I remember that. It's like, I, and I was fine with that. I'm like, hey, you gotta have some surprises for the movies. You can't tell us everything. Right. I don't want to know. I mean, it's one thing to have an idea what's happening. I don't want to know the entire exact. I want to have the script before I see it. Right. It's when you see in the trailer for X3 a um, a funeral scene that has all of the X Men but no sign of Charles Xavier. You're like, oh, okay, I guess that answers that question. Yeah. But yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home, really big film for a lot of reasons. Because you have, you're bringing in all the characters, you're bringing in the other timelines, you're shattering the multiverse, you're having a team up with Doctor Strange, all the magic who's what's this, you're killing Aunt May, you're breaking up with with, uh, MJ and Ned. I mean, this film... Did a lot of really big things, both for the MCU and for the Spider-Man world. I literally have zero clue what they're going to do with the next Spider-Man movie, assuming there is one, because I just don't know. Yeah, I have no idea if he's. Even, I'm not. I'm not sure if he said anything about whether he's going to come back and do it again. So I don't know either. I I did hear that one of the reasons that other superheroes have played such a big role in the Spider-Man films is that part of the agreement between Marvel and Sony for Marvel to use Spider-Man in solo films is that they must be team-up movies. Spider-Man from Sony must share screen time with major players from MCU. That's why you have Iron Man and Doctor Strange. And I've only seen Far From Home once. Was there another big player? Uh, was, was it Nick Fury in that one? Yeah, Nick Fury was a big player in that one. Yeah, so that's why it's all, you know, he's been in major team-up stories, not just Spider-Man stories. Oh, that makes sense. And I guess that's why the other ones don't count as much for the MCU, because you don't see anyone else in them, the Venom and the Morbius and stuff. Right, and those are strict Sony productions. They're not MCU, they're not Marvel Studios productions. 
Although this did acknowledge um, Venom from the Sony films in this film. Oh, well, yeah. But not the Tom Hardy one. Yeah, it did. Oh, it did? I thought so. I thought he appeared at the very end. Oh, I don't remember that. I remember I remember Spider-Man appearing at the very end of Venom 2. Venom two. Yeah, and Tom Hardy shows up in the other universe. Yeah, but that's not the end of Venom 2. Not Spider-Man. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I really thought there was a scene, an after credit scene in Spider-Man that followed up on that. And uh, I'll go with you. Back, I'll believe you. But it left behind some of the black goop. Oh, okay. I checked, and John was right. Venom does appear in the end credit scene. I can be misremembering, but that's my memory. In any case, the whole film was, I don't know, stunning to watch. I liked how the marketing and the trailers really played up the Doctor Strange almost breaking the universe plot point. But, like, that wasn't really the thrust of the movie. It was just the instigator of the movie. You know, like... Get it started. Story, the, the starting point is so exciting. You can play that up and still have a really great movie following after it. That's, that's pretty amazing. But Peter and MJ... I'm super sad about that. Not just because Tom and Zendaya are one of my favorite couples in Hollywood, but I just, I don't know. I really, 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 really like this version of MJ. And having her and Peter split up was really hard to see. Now they could just be copying the comics and, you know, they're going to break up and you know, get back together to split up every movie. <laughs> Maybe. And I know that they were like sort of adapting the whole uh, one more day split up thing into this version of, of Spider-Man and Peter and MJ have not, as far as I know, not gotten back together permanently in the comics ever since they split at the end of 2007. Uh, she's just been kind of in and out of his life. But, yeah, I think I don't think so either. Uh, maybe they want to introduce, maybe they want to do reverse. Now he was with Mary Jane first and introduce Gwen now. Oh, that'll be hard. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I mean, sure, I'll watch what they show me, and I'll probably dig in. But man, I really do love um, Zendaya's version of MJ. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, hell, we don't even know if they're gonna be doing a Spider-Man four. I feel like the the most we've heard is rumblings, not actually announcements. Would be a weird place to uh, leave it. Yeah. I feel like we've heard things like um, Tom's contract includes so many more films or something like that, or, you know, some of the you're, you're breaking up again. Sure, there's like you I don't know. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Okay, yeah, you broke up a lot there. Oh, you, was you were very. Or what did you hear me say? Or she? I heard nothing. You were very robotic the entire time, and oh. disjointed, and miss, and volume changing, and. <laughs> okay. Well, don't worry about it. <laughs> Screw that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll put it in for an outtake. That could be amusing. Right. Or maybe they're recording, Connie, even though you didn't, because the recording, Skype's recording server sometimes hears things better than the end 
clients hear things. That is true. That is true. I've had that happen a few times. I'm like, oh, that's what they said. Yeah. So we'll find out. Skype did not catch it, obviously. All right. Well, anything you else you want to say about Spider-Man? Losing uh, Aunt May made me cry. Losing MJ made me cry. Losing Ned made me nostalgic and wistful, and I like the character. I like his portrayal, but it didn't have the emotional impact on me as losing Aunt May and MJ did. And, um, oh, seeing Andrew Garfield walk onto that stage, because, y'all, he is my Spider-Man. I'm an Andrew Garfield fan. Die hard on that hill. We'll take no comers. I like him. I mean, I like him better when he's fighting Daleks, but, you know, I like him. <laughs> um, Tom Holland, I do love, but only because we lost Andrew. Am I, I, when we lost Andrew and Tom Holland came along, I was like, okay, this will do. This is good. But, man, I wish we had Garfield's next film. It would have been nice if at least he got a third one. Yeah. Give it a whole, you know, end, at least have a chance to kind of end, you know, do an ending for their story. Their storyline they were doing, yeah, that definitely needed a third film, at least. You're listening to Prairie Justice, a Greg Sanders vigilante podcast. Is an exploration of the DC Comics character, the first superhero to use the name of the vigilante. First published in Action Comics 42 in September 1941, amid comics' golden age and carried as a continuous feature, during those years, the Vigilante was also a member of the Seven Soldiers of Victory and was one of the first DC heroes to appear on the cinema screen in his own serial. Reappearing in the Bronze Age, the Vigilante had a 1970s renaissance throughout the DC Universe. Greg Saunders, the Prairie Troubadour, leads a double life as a modern country and western musician while also delivering justice throughout North America as a masked crime fighter, using the tactics and weapons of his rural Wyoming upbringing with his friends Billy Gunn and Stuff Leong, many a nefarious scheme was foiled with six guns, ingenuity, a motorcycle, and a twirling lariat. Howdy, I'm Ranger Gord. Help me follow the trail of the Vigilante on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. But anyways. Anyways, now, before we go to our, our last thing we're going to talk about, I have a surprise quiz for you. Pop quiz. Uh-oh. In 2021, there were five MCU shows. WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, and Hawkeye. I'm not going to ask you what your favorite is. That might be too, a little too much of like a decision to make. But let's just say for this coming year, 2023, you're only allowed to rewatch one of them. Which one? WandaVision, Loki, Falcon and Winter Soldier, What If... Hawkeye. Yep. Wow. I mean, you'll be able to watch the other ones later on, but this coming, you can only watch one of them throughout this year. Probably Loki, and I'll tell you why. Two reasons. It sets up Kang, Mm -hmm. and Kang's going to be a big player, and I I do want to revisit that story. But also, it was only the first half of the intended season. So I do plan to rewatch it before the second season hits because COVID interfered with the production. They had to like true change how it ended off because they had planned to do more. All right. Me, I would go with Hawkeye. Yeah. 
that's the one I want to rewatch the most. I, I well, enjoy it. I had the most fun with that one, and I love their, their characterization together. I really like all five shows. And What If is only on the bottom because it feels the least consequential. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is probably above that, but also next to the bottom because, I don't know. It was good drama, but it was not super engaging storytelling, if that makes sense. Yeah. At least for me. And then the other three, WandaVision, Loki, and Hawkeye, push such different buttons for me, but they're all top tier, you know? Yeah, I'd probably go similar. For me, it'd probably be, and like I said, it's not like I dislike any, but it would be probably like somewhat similar to yours. be like Hawkeye, Loki, WandaVision, Falcon, and then what if? Yeah. All right. And so let's do the same question for the movies, which was four of them. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man. I've seen Shang-Chi twice. I do want to see Black Widow and Eternals again. But if you sat me down right now and said, which one do you want to watch tonight? It would probably be Spider-Man. Okay. I think I would have to go Shang-Chi. It's a good movie. I really like that. Plus, some of those fight scenes were amazing. Yeah. That whole bus and, thing. Uh, you know, call me silly because when they when they brought in Milky into She-Hulk, it didn't even occur to me that they would need to explain or tie in or do something with Abomination's appearance in Shang-Chi. So when they did that, I was like, oh, wow, of course. Yes, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. He's fun in She-Hulk. Tim Roth is great. It's almost like he's having so much more fun than he did in Hulk. He's having so much. He, you can tell he's having a lot of fun on that. Yeah, because he's not so friggin' uber serious like he was at Hulk, you know? Yeah. And that was fine for that story they told. But it's nice to see that he's a bit more mellow now. And then probably Black Widow next for me after Shang-Chi. Okay. We got one more to talk about this episode. And we are talking about the first thing that came out for 2022, Moon Knight, starting, um, which started March 21st. That feels more recent than that, but I think it's just because I watched it really late. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was early this year. We are getting semi-current. Moon Knight had already started getting mixed reviews before I saw the first episode. Um, a lot of people were like, I don't really know what this is. I'm not digging it. This is not my thing. Marvel's jumping the shark. I was hearing all of these negative things on Moon Knight. So color me surprised. When I turned it on, and it was like a really intriguing investigation of multiple personality disorder. Uh, well, they, I think they uh, divergent identity disorder. I think is the, the dissociative, term. right? Okay, dissociative identity disorder. I know yeah. it's DID. Right, DID. And they did uh, a great job of using that, like people, like having him waking up and not knowing what happened because his previous, you know, um diving into his psyche and exploring his mind through the metaphors and everything else he was seeing there. So many great elements. I do think it was hampered by the Egyptian mythology stuff, which to my mind is the weakest part of Moon Knight in general. I think it was also the weakest part of the show, but it still kind of works for me. Like I didn't hate it. It's just like of all the things I want to be watching Egyptian gods arguing in a council is probably not it. 
I can see that. I, and yeah, I, I know what you said about like getting all the mixed reviews and a lot of people really weren't happy with that first episode. I loved that first episode. I thought yes. I love that stuff. That was just so. But then again, I usually do seem to like the more weird and bizarre stuff. So when they start doing that, bizarre, actually, right? Like the first episode yeah. was so weird. You had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. My father watched that with me because they were, they were staying with us at the time. My father was like, I can't watch this. What the hell is this? <laughs> I can see that. And then, come on, when you get to the part where they're on the boat over the sand and the talking hippo. Talking I was hippo like, was delightful. I'm like, yes, I need more of this. This is so weird and bizarre. Finding reconciliation and healing with his different selves, like going back and revisiting the trauma that caused the divergence and, you know, realizing that the main personality we've been following is actually the construct or whatever the terminology is. And I apologize to the listeners if I'm speaking from a place of ignorance and saying things that are less than um, accurate. But just my understanding, I, I found all that really, really compelling. Just like really enjoyed the storytelling. It was emotionally moved by all of that. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And I loved also the other characters. I mean, this one didn't give us as many extra characters like Hawkeye did. Right. I mean, but we did, you know, we had him and Khonshu where they're really the most main stuff we had from the Marvel Universe. I mean, Harrow, I believe, was a villain from Moon Knight, but he's not a huge one as far as I know. Right. And, and um, the woman who teamed up with him and got powers toward the end? Layla. Yeah. Does that actress go back to... Um... Oh, crap, what is it? Um, the comedy with Michael Sarah about the... Dysfunctional family. Crap, what's it called? She's in that, and she's first a lot younger, but it was one of the most watched shows for a decade. Now I can't what it's called. Anyways, I'll think of it later. Yeah, I'm trying to look her up to see if I can see what she's in. Um, I mean, how long ago was this? Do you remember? Um, 15 years or more. It had a, it had a sequel series that was brought up um, on Netflix or something. Um, but it was kind of what made him popular. No, I don't, unless it was a movie, no. Arrested Development. I don't see her, Arrested Development? I don't see her listed in that at all. She wasn't in, she wasn't the girl in Arrested Development? I really thought she was. I mean, I don't see it listed. His cousin? Okay, well, never mind, man. Maybe I had drawn a connection there that doesn't exist. But not that I'm aware, you know, I don't remember seeing her on there. I don't remember seeing her name listed there. I'm sorry, Michael Sarah was on that show. Yeah. No, no, it's not her. It's someone else. Okay. He's in love with his cousin. And the actress who plays his cousin, I thought that was her in Midnight. But I guess I'm wrong. But yeah, I liked her. And I like when they actually did. The, I, as much as I like the, the, the way they did. Now, I, I prefer, of course... The way they did the uh, the Mr. Knight costume in the comics, you know, the way they portrayed the character. But I was fine uh -huh. with them. Do I was still fine with the way they did it because they, you know, they're going to have to adapt it. It's, you know, it's an adaptation. It's not going to be exact. Right. And at least they still had it there. And it made sense that he's going to be doing more of like, I don't why I'm not going to wear like that. I'm wearing a nice suit. Yes. Like if you're going to wear a super suit, that means a really nice suit. Yeah. With just a mask. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, the way they did the changes so quickly—that was that, when they, they started doing that. That was great. 
this was an insanely effects heavy show like all the freaking time all the time they were doing effects and, and then the end when they introduced jake lockley the next uh identity oh that's right yes the uh, cab driver right yeah that was the more bloodthirsty one i think because that's the one that does that kills that one guy when they both think it's each other when steven and mark Spector think it's each other it's it was jake i think that did that now I've read Precious Little Moon Knight, like really very little, only issues that involve some other character that I'm following. So I've never had my hand on any of his narrative or his continuity, except in the Ultimate Universe. Because he was, uh, uh, he would come into Ultimate Spider-Man from time to time. And that's the only version of Moon Knight that I have any familiarity with. And I don't know how different he is from the original, but it kind of feels like the same thing as this TV show. That, I don't know. I didn't really read the Ultimate one, and I read very little, like you said, of the uh, 616 Moon Knight. So I only know bits and pieces. The one thing I knew wasn't there, really, which was the Frenchie. Yes, yes. You know, I was like, I know the three names. I know Jake's, you know, Jake Lockley, Mark Spector, and um, Stephen Grant. So they had those. I know Khonshu, and I know Frenchie. It's pretty much it. Everything else, I'm like, well, where's Frenchie? Because that's the only other thing I know. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, so, but hey, there's something for season two. Indeed. Or whatever else he appears in. As you say, do we know there's a season two coming? If there is, who knows? Now, he is something I would have I, I could have imagined them using him for Thunderbolts, actually. I could see that, yeah. Um, if they could get something, like, I don't know, I feel like he's so unstable a character that he might be a bit of a wild card. But they had Deadpool in X-Force, so, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on what Thunderbolts is going to focus on. Is it going to make them be an actual effective team, or is it going to focus on the fact that they're all kind of wild cards and, you know, got to go, oh, it's not going to work out very well. Yeah. You know, it's going to be like hurting cats. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Is it my favorite one of the MCU? No. But, it, you know what, so far, I mean, they've done most of the things. Most things they've done, I really, for the most part, haven't, like, disliked. I don't know if it was just my ADHD brain getting distracted, but I feel like the ending was a bit more confusing than I wanted to be. Like, just the way everything resolved in the final episode, it doesn't really, it's not clear in my mind. Um, so I don't know if that's the, my viewing fault or the episode storytelling fault, but that's okay. Yeah, I don't remember right now what that was. But then again, I also remember the ending of a lot of, you know, several of the other things we've watched. So right. there's too many things since. I can't memorize everything. <laughs> Um, the actor is a chameleon and very much like the She-Hulk actor whenever she was in um, Orphan Black, playing such extremely different versions of the character. I mean, obviously that's what's called acting. And I yeah. will say that, you know, playing different characters is what we do. So even though they're nominally the same person, being able to portray them differently is kind of the point. Yeah, but on the other hand, to be fair... Usually when they play different characters, it's at different times. Mm -hmm. And it's not doing the same production. Right. Going back yep. and forth between multiple characters during the same production. That's, yep. that's got to take some skill. Yeah. So even though, yes, even if they might be filming them on different days, it's still, okay, I'm playing Steven on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday, I'm doing Mark stuff. You know, right. it's different because everyone else is just playing the character they're playing. You know, like Ethan Hawke, yes, he's played different characters, but he was only playing Arthur Harrow during this production of Mood Night, and then when he left and went to do something else, 
he's now playing a different character at that point. But it's also, for them, it's not just, I'm playing this character, but I'm at it for different productions, a different time of year. These are different other people around me, different director. You know, everything's changes. So it does, I think it does still take a little bit extra effort. Like to, when, to I'm doing, uh, when I'm doing reading and I'm doing different voices, it can be difficult to keep the voices consistent because I'm constantly going back and forth between them. I did a little unpublished audio of a short story because there was no audio version of the short story. And I had friends who only listened to audiobooks, and I wanted them to hear the short story. So I read it and it's, it's a uh, pure dialogue. There's no narration. So I had to make sure the voices were very different in order to tell the story in a way that can be followed rationally by a listener. And, you know, for the most part, I did it pretty decently, but looking, listening back to it, I can tell there are a few places where one of the voices starts to blend in with another one and just not keeping them as distinct as I wanted to. And that's just, you know, that's just one person doing three voices on, a, on an audio. It's not portraying multiple full-dimensional video productions of characters over multiple yeah. episodes. Different mannerisms and everything. Right, right. So not just voice, but everything. So, no, yeah, I give him full credit for that. Definitely. Good on him. And I, I would not mind seeing another season or guest star or in a movie or whatever. And he's hitting all the fandoms. I mean, he's been in Star Wars. He's been in Marvel. He's been in, I mean, heck, he was in Dune. Um, I think there have been other big names he's been in. But, like, that actor is all over the everywheres. So what should he be in next? Doctor Who. There you go. Make him the Doctor. For an episode. <laughs> or something very, very, very memorable in a Doctor Who episode. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Throw him in Doctor Who and then, you know, have him be in a DC movie. Yeah. He could be Hal Jordan. I and then we could... Hal Jordan, but I see him as Hal Jordan really easily. And then if they do the Marvel vs. DC movies, they can make him access. Because <laughs> he's everywhere. <laughs> he is everywhere. They're all the same person. Just like all of those different versions of Stan Lee were the same person. Exactly, yeah. Mark Spector, Finn... Uh, no, Poe, that's it. Yeah, Mark Spector, Poe... We're all the same person. <laughs> Let's do our feedback, and then we'll get to the closing of the episode. And right now, our feedback is for episode 164, where we talked to Peter Rios about History of the Marvel Universe number three. On Facebook... The post by that episode got likes and shares from Magazines and Monsters, A World on Fire, an All-Star Squadron podcast, Noel Tate, Joe Sedano, Mirko Mackey, and Ruth Sutherland. On Twitter, we got likes and retreats from Ed Moore, The Daily Rios, Capes and Lunatics Podcast Network, Viet Win, David Finn, Signal Doom, Alan Sharp, Tomes of Evil Presents, Stakes and Staples, Trapped in a World, Lombox Review, Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Jason Snick Venable, Chris Lydon, Doc Strange, Mark's Mess Podcasts, A Bite of Podcasts, Anna F. Papard, PhD, Chase, Justin Steiner, William Tweetspear Preston, and It's Time for Vigmas Already. Also on Tumblr, we got likes from EVP Blog, R.S. Vargas, Mystical Candy Pirate, Swimming Comic Book Comic Flap, and Fantastic Four Forever. Now, don't forget, you can hear me pretty much every week on the L-E-G-I-O-N P-O-D cast. You can find that on the Legion of Sub-2 Podcasters feed. Links in the show notes. 
And on that show, we talk about the late 80s, early 90s DC Comics sci-fi series, Legion. That's the acronym Legion, obviously, not Legion of Superheroes. If you want to hear your name mentioned here, well, it's very easy. Just like and share our episodes on the different social media. Go to Facebook, type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box, will pop up. On Tumblr, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, or on Twitter, at AdamThanosPod. Also, hey, if you have thoughts about what was talked about in this episode, send us an email, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. Finally, I just want to remind you, this show is part of The Collective. The Collective was started by a few like-minded podcasters who wanted to network in the most traditional sense. It has become a repository for ideas, crossovers, and potential guest appearances, and you are going to hear a promo for one of The Collective shows right now. Are you a fan of comic books? Are you a fan of comic book villains? Well, join me, Russell, as we take a walk on the dark side with Tomes of Evil, the podcast dedicated to discussing, analyzing, and overall glorifying the villains of Marvel Comics, DC Comics, and all your favorite indie books. Tomes of Evil, a comic book villain podcast. So that was the beginning of 2022. I thought it was off to a pretty decent start. Most definitely. Um, as we go through phase four, my only difficulty is the uh, the lack of cohesion and narrative direction. And I have talked about this time in the last time we recorded, but I feel like this is the first time since Marvel started that I have felt so little forward momentum and each of the productions has been good and there are hints of things to come but it rarely feels like there's something moving forward and phase one felt like we were building to Thanos phase two was bringing a lot of stuff in while teasing the infinity gems phase three really brought things home to the whole thing with Thanos at the end there was, there, was, there was momentum the entire time. And phase four is just like, okay, here's a story. Here's a story. Here's a I, no, and I could, story. I could see that. Yeah, there's uh, some things we're going to mention on, in, you know, in cross touch but the stories are rarely very connected. And you know what? I can see that. But for me, at least, now this is just me. I'm fine with that because it kind of feels like, okay, we've done – like the comics. Like, okay, we've done a bunch of crossovers – we're not going to do crossovers for the next year or two. We're just going to let each individual story series do their own stories. And that's what we're getting. Right. You know, we're getting now Moon Knight without crossovers. Inspire, you know, this guy, well, I was going to say Spider-Man without crossovers, but that was all crossovers. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we're getting that for a little bit. It's almost like, okay, we're going to take a break. Because maybe that's what you need to do. I mean, you went so big with the whole Infinity War Infin- and, uh, what was it, Infinity War and um, Endgame. 
that maybe it's not a bad idea to kind of like palate cleanse and have all the stuff afterwards be self-contained. And then we could start again. So that way it's a little less comparing immediately to what was done before. Right. Because you had a bit of a break. So now when they start up the new thing where they where everything leads into each other, you know, it, it it doesn't just go from one to the other. It's like, okay, now we had a little break and everyone's doing their own things, and now we start up again. And maybe that's just what phase four is. Phase four is the uh the one shots and solo tales and separate stories. And phase five is going to dive back in, starting to, to really more eff- putting the effort into building the multiverse saga that they're building. Yeah. Which, which they've hinted at and teased at, but really haven't been using a lot. Yeah. And it all depends where they go. I mean, if you just watch those first two, you know, I mean, we knew they were leading to Avengers in phase one because they told us. But I mean, if you just watch Iron Man and, you know, there's not really a lot. Like Iron Man doesn't have a lot of Avengers stuff, just that very last sequence. Same thing with right, Hulk. But- but that last sequence really helps to build stuff and like. Well, yeah, I guess it has more than I thought. There's more weight to that. Yeah. These but, have rarely had even those final scenes. Like the connectivity has been minimal. Yeah. But like I said, we'll have to see how that goes in the future. I could be completely wrong. They might not do anything later on. Or maybe they're going to be doing something that we're going to see. We're going to find out later on. and We're going to look back and go, I can't believe we missed all the little hints. Right. That's you know, only something we can answer after we've seen it, after it's done. But I mean, that's my guess right now is that they're just kind of giving us it's like a break. It's like a break phase. You know, you don't have to panic about seeing everything right away because you're going to you're you know, you need to understand it all. You know, if you happen to watch Miss Marvel before Moon Knight, whatever, you could do that. We'll see. We will see. All right. Well, before we go, John, tell people where to find you. Well, um, I am still doing my Superman in Crisis podcast that has been running all through the year of 2022, and it will continue to run through the first half of 2023. The concept there is I have read every Superman comic through the entire pre-Crisis era, Golden, Silver, and Bronze Ages. And when I got to Crisis, I decided to talk about not only the Crisis issues, but all the Superman adventures that were published alongside them. And so each week I talk about the comics from Superman that were uh, released on that date, but in 1985 and 1986. If you are uh, a fan of Superman, but you're not really sure how pre-crisis Superman wrapped up, then come give a listen. Uh, I can't promise that the stories are always stellar. It's a weird time for the character. But I do have fun making the episodes, and hopefully we'll have fun listening. There was a lot of fun in them. Yes, it is, it is at least interesting to see where they're what they're doing. That's at johnreadscomics.com, and I'm on Twitter at johnreadscomics. And links for all that will be in the show notes. All right. Well, hopefully, if things work out, well, the next episode will possibly also have John back. We'll see. Which is code for he's going to lock me in the basement. And he might bring me out to eat and drink and use the bathroom before uh, you know before putting me to recording again. Well, actually, it's code for hopefully I'll remember to take you out. Right. I forget sometimes. He does, folks. It's 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 hardship. Usually, I'm reminded by the smell. Right. Speaking of which, ah, crap. Tim Price, I forgot. Hold on. I I'll be back. I gotta go water him. I gotta hose him down or something. <laughs> You're welcome, Tim. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you in a few weeks. Bye.
Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. For a lot of reasons. Uh, Wait, hold on. Bringing in all of the characters. Hold on. Start that over again because I did not hear a word of it. Okay.